0: Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is your host, Mitch Friedman. And in this episode, I'm gonna continue our conversation that I began in episode one a couple weeks ago about virtue. I thought I'd do something different, however, instead of just talking categorically or generally about definitions of virtue, I thought I would give you a uh, conversation that juxtaposes virtue uh, with its opposite, and that's vice. And so I've titled this episode of Vice and Virtue. Uh, As we talked about in episode one, uh, virtue, the definition generally is behavior showing high moral standards. And from a Christian worldview perspective, uh, we talk a lot about where those standards come from. Uh, They're not subjective, meaning everybody decides what's right on their own. Uh, But our moral standards are given to us by the one who created us, Uh, our God, our creator, who knows what's best for us and how we flourish. uh, He has given us a template for flourishing as to how we should behave uh, with each other, in families, in culture, so that human flourishing is at its optimum. So virtue is defined as behavior showing high moral standards. It's antithesis, it's opposite, it's antonym is vice and appropriately enough vice is immoral or wicked behavior. So virtue behavior showing high moral standards, vice immoral or wicked behavior. And so instead of a categorical list of what virtues are and vices are as opposite, I thought I would uh, give you a little exercise of observation and I would say interpretation uh, using a worldview grid that has a biblical framework. Uh, you know, there's an old expression, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And our goal on the Pinocchio Project is not so much that I would sit here and be a talking head and just provide all the uh, articles of worldview development from my own experience and my own training and just feed them to you for a day. But our desire is to equip you to examine everyday ideas that promise human flourishing uh, so that you can begin to examine for yourself uh, whether or not these promises and these propositions of flourishing are trustworthy and reliable. And there are a lot of ideas in culture uh, that promise flourishing uh, and we would say from a biblical perspective, are delivering anything but. The opposite of flourishing is degrading. So to, to flourish is to, to grow in a healthier, vigorous manner, particularly as a result of a favorable environment. And so what I want to do today, I want to walk through a statement uh, that's a uh, a celebration speech of last year's transgender day of visibility, and the one giving the celebratory speech, uh, which has moral implications. It has virtue implications. It has vice implications. Uh, the speech is actually given by our current sitting president, Joe Biden, who has his own history of. Uh, supporting virtue and vice in this very area of what it means to be human in sexual ethics. And at this point in his career, he has pretty much bowed the knee to the sexual orthodoxy uh, that tells us that virtue lies in expressing yourself however it is you feel you should express yourself sexually. And so on this uh, transgender day of visibility, from last year, which was in March of 2022. I'm going to read to you. We're going to walk through it slowly. I'm going to ask you to engage your brain so you can filter uh, this language uh, for appropriate evaluation and whether or not uh, our president, Joe Biden, is promoting virtue or vice. Uh, One of the things about our current culture is we have now made unquestionable things that even 10 or 15 years ago were unthinkable as behavior or virtue. And now it seems that we are calling vice virtue and virtue vice or vice versa and vice versa. And so from the lawn of the White House in March of last year, uh, here is a transcript of Joe Biden's address on the transgender day of visibility. And I'm gonna pause along the way, and I want you to examine uh, with me uh, what language is being used, what propositions and ideas are being promoted regarding what is virtuous and what is vice. What you need to know if you're a parent is that this is the steady diet that your children are receiving in public schools, in their feeds, on social media. Uh, And so this should be a wake up call for you if you haven't woken up already. I'm encouraging you to get woke in the right direction uh, so you can be prepared personally and then you can shepherd your children also appropriately towards what flourishing really looks like. So, March of last year on the lawn of the White House from our president. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, that's his wife. Kamala, vice president. Doug, that's his staff. And our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God. Now, what I'd like to point out is that I'm in total agreement that every human being is made in the image of God. That's the essence of a biblical worldview, that we are made in the image of God. And so right off the bat, the president uses religious language that many of us have heard and would agree with on its face that we are made in the image of God to begin to set the framework and the favorable environment for what he would describe as flourishing. We see you for who you are, made in the image of God, and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. I also agree. As a Christ follower, I'm commanded to show everyone made in His God's image, which is everyone, dignity, because it has inherent, We have inherent dignity as image bearers, uh, and respect and support. And so the soil continues to be prepared for the blooms and the blossoms of what Joe is going to describe as virtuous living. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. And this is the definition of what it means to not be respected and to be invisible. For example, the onslaught, moral language, very important that as you equip yourself for messages coming from culture, you begin to recognize the the intensity of language that's geared to support propositions that promise flourishing. For example, the onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. So to paraphrase, any pushback on this notion that I decide for myself within myself as I look inside myself, Who I am from a gender perspective, regardless of biology, regardless of physiology, any pushback on my personal decision is a vice and it's an attack. And any policymaking is seen as an onslaught of bias that is meant to deprive me of dignity and respect. (laughs) The onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. I'll also point out, just from a national uh, community perspective, this kind of language from our president, uh, pitting state against state, uh, does nothing to foster what I would call a common vision for what flourishing should be across our land and continues to disperse us into tribal identities. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills, more language pointing out the vice of anyone, the immoral behavior, the wicked behavior of anyone who would push back against this notion of autonomous self-determination. You see this, don't you? And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. I'll say, I'm not sure if you're aware, if your kids go to public school, Uh, You should be aware, you can get samples of curricula that uh, uh, are responsible to promote these agendas. But but it's a steady stream. It's, It's a torrent. It's a fire hydrant of sorts. And these are authorities. Teachers are authority figures. Schools are places of institutional authority. We're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, Yes, on the playing field, and we've seen that. We've seen, we've seen biological men insist that they have a chance to compete uh, against biological women. And biological men are inherently superior from a physical standpoint. And one of the outcomes downstream of this allowance of biological males to compete as biological females from a collegiate level is that, that biological females are being deprived of scholarship opportunities. Uh, you should be aware of all these realities uh, that are based in non realities on the playing field at work and in our military, in our housing, and in our healthcare systems. Now, you've heard me talk about this on the Pinocchio Project before. Anytime I take a healthy body part, such as what needs to be done in gender affirming, these are euphemisms gender affirming surgery, healthcare is the Practice of making non functioning or diseased parts of my body functional and working properly again. And to say healthcare uh, is what's necessary to make healthy body parts either remade or removed is an absolute deception. I know you see this in our housing, in our healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. And today we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do. So when it comes to promoting virtue and fighting wickedness and vice, there's always more to do. And at the end of this epidemic of violence against transgender women of color, and girls of color so that we can ensure transgender seniors. So now the whole net is thrown out out to include everybody. So that everyone who claims a transgender identity, uh, girls and women of color, seniors, uh, which I'm not even aware of the demographic of uh, the folks that are aging in our our country. Uh, How many of those folks claim this transgender identity? But what's happening here is is the, the, the garden or the soil of flourishing is being promoted so that every person can bloom and blossom in this soil of personal autonomy. Let me start over with that. But there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color. Now, I don't know about this epidemic of violence. I don't know what this means. Is it, is it the pushback by policymaking that insists that, that biology should lead and physiology is the first sorter of gender? If, is that the violence? Is it actual physical violence where roving bands of, of people who are binary and cisgender are, are walking the streets looking for someone who's identifying outside their biological gender so they can smack them down? I doubt that. Let me start over again, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against trans... (laughs) I'm sorry. You see the intensity of this moral language, onslaught, attack, hateful, epidemic of violence. I'm gonna start over one more time, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color. Well, where are the transgender men of color and 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 boys of color? I don't I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, maybe he just forgot to to, to include everybody, uh, boys and girls, if there are such a thing, if there even are such a thing in this garden, in this soil. Okay, I'm gonna start over one more time. But this is probably the thickest a worldview-rich, observational paragraph in this whole speech. But there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color to ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, and to finally now pass a Bipartisan Equality Act. And if you don't know about the Equality Act, you should. Maybe I'll do an episode on the Equality Act. That has never gained gained much traction uh, in our policymakers, uh, either the House or the Congress, or the House or the Senate. Uh, but we're probably getting closer. And to finally pass a bipartisan equality act to help transgender persons around the world. So now the United States is, states is going globe global with this agenda. We, we want to be seen as the leaders in this movement for dignity, equality, to end the epidemic of violence. Now this is virtue signaling. See, virtue is moral behavior. Virtue signaling is taking moral language and throwing a blanket of promise so that we can be seen as the, the heroes and the champions of this cause to finally pass a Bipartisan Equality Act to help transgender persons around the world live free from discrimination and violence. Now listen carefully, parents. Above all, to be there with you and to parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. So put that necessity in your parenting toolbox. Affirm your child's identity, the identity that may be proclaimed from a six-year-old psyche. That's not even old enough to, to understand what it means to choose well for dinner. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know you're not alone. To parents and children alike, please ask for help. And here he goes in the close, more virtue. And know this, you're so brave. You belong and we have your back. And let's now bring the transcendent reality, the transcendent identity to put the seal of approval on this whole speech. God bless you all, be brave. I'm gonna put a link to this uh, speech in the show notes. And if, if, if you're really interested in training yourself to identify this virtue signaling, that is calling virtue vice and vice virtue, then you should acquaint yourself, spend time with these arguments. And as we've said before, and I'm, I'm teaching an introduction to worldview class in the church I'm privileged to serve right now. Most of our worldview dysfunction is rooted in the first essential question of every worldview development. What does it mean to be human? And the perspective of this speech is that what it means to be human is that regardless of what I see in the mirror, regardless of the realities of my physiology, what it means to be human is no matter how old I am or how mature I am or how much experience I have and the the slings and arrows of outrageous living, what it means to be human, human is I have the absolute autonomy to from my emotional, psychological self, I have the autonomy and the freedom, autonomos. I am a law unto myself. I have the autonomy and even the responsibility, which is a ton of pressure, by the way, especially on your children, to identify who I am or who I am not, or if I am at all, anyone of any gender. And the confusion and the chaos reigns. This is a worldview of vice, not virtue. So I'm going to link uh, this speech in the show notes. Uh, It came off of Yahoo News back in March of 2022. I'd love to get some feedback from you. Uh, Believe me, as an image bearer who's fallen, uh, I'm still living in this tent of sin. I have my own struggle with vice and virtue. But when we, when we accelerate, as a people, the planting of a garden in soil that insists that vice is virtue, our fruit will be nothing but toxic. For The Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on The Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow, give us a five-star rating, and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at PinocchioProjectPod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at PinocchioPod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.